Hello everybody, welcome back to the G Show. This is your host Garrett here, and I know it's been a very long time since I've recorded, but I'm looking for a, uh, forward excuse me, to uh, trying to get back into it. I've missed it. I have been brewing thoughts in my mind and ideas about what I can do. And one of them, which I want to start today, is the Rebuilder series. So what I mean by the Rebuilder series is I'm going to pretend to be a GM of a team, and I'm going to try to rebuild them. I'm going to rebuild a franchise up, and I'm going to try to rebuild them into a spot where they in a position where they make the playoffs or possibly even a Super Bowl. What I would do to rebuild a team, in a sense, henceforth the name Rebuilder Series. So today, I was thinking of doing the Chicago Bears. I was watching Chicago Bears. They are in the midst of a transition period, I believe. And I thought, what what could be better than the Chicago Bears right now to do a Rebuilder Series? So, I am the GM of the Chicago Bears now. Let's get started on how we can rebuild this team. So first of all, I want to talk about the GM that I just took out. His name is Ryan Pace, if you guys don't know. Ryan Pace has been the GM since 2015 in Chicago Bears. Under Ryan Pace, they have been 43-55. and 55. It's not a great record when Ryan Pace joined. They had Jake Cutler, a quarterback. But obviously, no, that didn't turn out super great. So I am taking over Ryan Pace. He has done a below-average job, losing record, Hasn't had too many great seasons as the GM of the Chicago Bears. Now, the head coach for the Chicago Bears, if you don't know, is Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy joined in 2018 as the Chicago Bears head coach. And his first year, he went 12-4, and which is a really good record. And in 2019, though, it dropped a little bit down to 8-8. Eight and eight. And then 2020 had the same record at 8-8. Eight and eight. And in 2021, he is 1-1 currently. Now, a little background information on Matt Nagy. So, Matt Nagy started out as a quarterback at Delaware University for three years. Then he went to Arena Football because he never got an NFL contract. And then went to coaching. He started at Temple from 20, 2006 excuse me, to 2010. Then 2011, he was the Miami, at Miami University as an assistant. And at 2012, he was the Boston College running back coach. And then 2013 through 2021, he's been at the Bears. Oh, I forgot to mention 2017, he was the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Sorry about that. And that year, they were 10-6, and six, the Chiefs were. And they were 6th in points per game and 26 points per game. So, when Matt Nagy arrived in 2018, they put up 26.3 points per game, which was ninth in the NFL, which is pretty good. Now, for a team like Chicago, which is known for their defense, that's really good if you're ninth out of 32nd. And their OC was Mark Helfrick. Now, Mark Helfrick only lasted through the 2019 season. In 2019, they were 8-8, eight and eight, and they went all the way down to 17.5 points per game, which is 29th in the league that year, which is awful. So they had one good year, one bad year. They fired him, and they got a new OC, Bill Lazor, who's still here in Chicago today. In 2020, they had 22.3 points per game on average, which was 22nd in the league. So slight improvement, but nothing crazy. And this year, now I don't say I can blame the OC Bill Lazor, but they average 17 points per game right now, and it's only two games. Uh, and that is 28th in the league. So under Matt Nagy, they are 29 and 21. So he has a winning record. So I like what Matt Nagy does. I think he's a good... 
head coach. He wins, and he does well with, let's say, underwhelming talent on the offensive side of the ball. And their D.C., I think, if I'm not wrong, Chicago, when I was looking up this information, Matt Nagy has been like the D.C., if I'm guessing. And uh, 2018 and 2019 was kind of the defense coordinator playing the play, calling plays. And then in 2021, they finally got uh, D.C. and Sean Dice, if I'm saying that right. Um, And he's his first year, so nothing – um, nothing too great from him. 28th and, um, no, I said, sorry guys, I'm a little over the place. Um, new, new DC. So really can't say too much about him under, uh, two games. Oh, sorry. In 2019, Chuck Pagano, excuse me, Pagano was in, uh, DC in 2019. So, and they were, they were pretty good that year. And in 2018, they were number one defense in the league and they only gave up 17.7 points per game. So, Matt Nagy came in his first year and then number one defense and number nine offense. So yeah, they went 12 and four. That's really good. And in 2019, they had a 29th offense. So they probably struggled. And in 2020, they had 22nd offense. So like I said, it's been pretty bad besides the first year offensively for the Chicago bears. But overall, I really like what Matt Nagy has done. There's been a couple OC. Uh, changes and DC changes, but no head coach changes since 2018. So Matt Nagy, I like him. And as the GM of the Chicago Bears, I will be keeping Matt Nagy for now. I really can't blame him for the struggles on offense, considering the quarterback play. Um, Andy Dolan's not really going to get the job done. I'm not going to really blame Matt Nagy. But the seat is not solid. It isn't protected fully. It is a little warm. It's starting to get warm. But it's not hot. He's not on the hot seat yet. But anyway, like I said, in 2018 and 2020, they made the playoffs, both wild card appearances, and they both lost. So Matt Nagy's 0-2 in the playoffs. And if you're 12-4, and you have a number nine offense, number one defense, you would think you'd win a wild card game. But, again, 0-2 in the playoffs. So when we took a look at the talent on this team, um, what we got here. So I want to talk about what I would do first. So I'm keeping the head coach. I'm going to keep the DC cause he's brand new and we're just going to keep the OC. So talent wise, what we got. So on the offensive line, I think that's the big weakness in Chicago. I think we can all tell it's a very weak offensive line. According to pro football focus, The Bears do not have an offensive tackle that ranks in the top 32 offensive tackles in the league. And AfflinSports.com has no Bears OT in the top 20. And I think OT, I'm saying offensive tackles because they're they're the weakest position. And ESPN says no top 10, obviously, if they're not even top 20 or 30. Now, their offensive tackles, starting offensive tackles this year, are Jermaine Afidi, if I'm saying that correctly. I don't want to offend any Bears fans. He is ranked 51 out of 74 eligible offense tackles, according to Pro Football Focus, which is not good. And Jason Peters, the one-year rental, is actually ranked ninth. So that's pretty good. But the problem is he's only there for one year. That's not really going to do the trick. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, the rookie second-round pick, probable left tackle for the future, got hurt this year. And is, I think, out, if I'm not mistaken, for the rest of the season. So, 
That's why they have Peters there. But Peters, again, not a full-time solution. Jermaine Afidi, one-year deal, 51 out of 74, not great. But, again, Peters, the old man, has a higher rated grade rating than a 28-year-old, 29-year-old Jermaine Afidi. Not good sign for him. Now, if you go to your guard position, you have James Daniels, who they drafted in the second round, 39th pick out of Iowa in 2018. They ranked him 60th out of 69th with a 48.8 grade. That's terrible. Awful. Second round pick being 60th out of 69th. And their other guard, Cody Whitehair, was a second round pick, 56th pick in 2016, ranked 52nd out of 69. And he had a 53 grade. So you have two guards. One ranked 60th and one ranked 52nd. Both around 50 grades. That's awful. So guards are a weakness. Your tackle position is a weakness. Your center, Sam Mutzfer, if I'm saying that correctly, was undrafted. He's ranked 32nd out of 33. 32nd out of 33. Again, there's one more center than this guy. The pro football fo- this is all pro football focus, by the way. Ranked him. At eligible sense. They ranked him at a 40.1 grade. Which is awful. And I think pro football focus is legit. NFL uses it if you watch the game. So that's where my information is coming from. But anyway. That's awful. So you have basically bottom tier, low level trash offensive line right now to protect your quarterback, your future quarterback in Justin Fields. So that's a problem. So when I looked at it as a GM, I said, okay, we got to fix that, obviously. Now, if you look at the other positions, I like other positions like um, running back. I think David Montgomery ranks 17th out of 57th running backs. That's 70.1 grade. That's good. That's really good. Darnell Mooney, your number two wide receiver, ranked 53rd out of 107 with a 65.3 grade. And their newly acquired wide receiver, Marquise Goodwin, ranks 49th with a 66.1 grade. Your wide receiver core, Chicago, is weak. Allen Robinson's great. I don't even put him on here. I don't need to give him a grade. He's great. That's if we keep him. And as a GM, I would do everything I can to keep him. But Marquise Goodwin and Darnell Mooney, not ranked very high. I like Mooney as a second receiver. receiver. Marquise Goodwin is simply a plug-in, a Band-Aid that's going to get peeled off and dried out on a playground and just not going to get the job done. And you're going to have a big old scab at your third wide receiver position. Now, Cole Kometa, like second-round pick last year, that was good. Keep him, obviously. So, on the offensive side of the ball, we got a lot of issues. Your offensive line, you don't have a really good number three, an okay number two. Got a good tight end. Your running back can't really run because he has an offensive line that's built out of chopsticks and can't seem to get the job done. So let's look at this offensive line and see how we could fix it. Now, left tackle is Tevin Jenkins. Is the future. At least he's supposed to be. We don't know how he's going to play, obviously. He's hurt. So I say, okay. We're going to keep Tevin Jenkins at left tackle. 
you got your left guard position, which is manned by James Daniels, if I'm not mistaken. You got to get rid of him. So what I'm going to do next year with my first couple picks, first round pick, this team right here, if I'm a GM, I'm guessing we're going to be somewhere in the 15 to 16 range pick-wise first round. I'm taking the top tackle or guard, whether it be the right tackle position or the left guard position, one of the two. Now, I know Evan O'Neill's the top. You're not going to get him. You have to be really bad. But the second guy that's available at the left tackle or the left guard position, I'm taking care of that ASAP. We're going to have a rookie there for next season. I'm building for next season right now. So you're going to have a rookie, let's say, or rather have a rookie right tackle. So that way we can protect the edges. You're going to have Tevin Jenkins brand new. You're going to have an opposing rookie on him to set the edge for David Montgomery, give Justin Fields time. She doesn't have to scramble all the time. That's what I'm going to do as a GM, get that right tackle position figured out in the first round, whoever it is. Now, second pick, clearly an issue is that center position. Center is unranked. 32nd out of 33rd eligible centers. He's ranked 32nd. That's an issue. You cannot have. So, second round, get rid of Sam Moonsfer, get a new center in the draft. Because obviously, you can't have an undrafted 32nd out of 33rd ranked center plugging holes for your running back, opening your running game, making sure the middle of the offense isn't getting absolutely pummeled by opposing no tackles and DTs. So, second round, we're going to take care of that center position, get rid of Sam Moonsfer. So that way, we have a brand new right tackle, we have a brand new center. Our guard positions are awful. We got to admit that. But. But we got to wait out these rookie contracts. Maybe, just maybe one of them pans out. So we're just going to keep the guards for now. But the first two picks, I'm going line. Because Fields is going to need an offensive line to keep him in the pocket, to let him work his progressions, let him run an offense. So we're going to get a new right tackle. We're going to get a new center. And like I said, I wish I had prospects I could say, but it's kind of too early. You can guess, but there's not really a good, easy, like a, there's not really a reason is what I'm saying to guess prospects. So you got to let the season happen and then you can start doing that. But anyway, new right tackle, new center. Now, in the third round, I'm going to take care of that number two or three position at wide receiver. Because again, Allen Robinson may be gone. You may not be able to keep him. If I'm GM, I'm keeping him. But if Allen Robinson feels it's time to go, he will go. So I'm going to take a third-round wide receiver because clearly Darnell Mooney is a speedster. And I'll give him credit, but you can't have two speedsters on the same roster. Sorry, Marquise Goodwin and Darnell Mooney aren't going to get the job done. Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney is a great tandem, but you get, need another guy. Explosive outside wide receiver is going to stretch the field for fields. You need a guy like that. So you're going to take down the third round. We're really going to fix the emphasis on the offense here. We're really going to fix the offense. Because Chicago defense is fine. It's not perfect. It's not what it was in 2018. But it's good enough. So we're going to take everything, mostly everything, all their upgrades on the offensive side of the ball here. Like I said, again, right tackle, center, wide receiver. That's my first three picks. And by the way, since I am the new GM of the Chicago Bears, I want to look back at what Ryan Paces did. So when they drafted James Daniels, 
in 2018, right, 2018, they could have drafted Orlando Brown and Brian O'Neill. They went after him. Orlando Brown is an amazing tackle. He's starting on the Chiefs. Brian O'Neill's got a massive extension from the Vikings. So two players right there that he could have drafted. And 2016, after Whitehair, they could have drafted Joe Thune, who's a better guard than him, and Isaac Salamohu, who plays for the Eagles. Both starting caliber guards that are better than Cody Whitehair. Just for your information, as a GM, you got to make the other guy look bad. Those are four players that could have been on the Bears' offensive line that he did not pick. Just saying. So, offensive line is fixed. Metaphorically, say in the future, it's fixed for now. You got Justin Fields, a quarterback. You got Allen Robinson if he stays, which we're in this scenario, we're going to say he stays. Cole Commit, David Montgomery, Darnell Mooney, and the third wide receiver, whoever it may be, we draft. I think that's a really good offense. I really like that offense. And I think with that offense, you can start to spread the ball, keep up with these NFC North teams. Um, not let the defenses of uh, Detroit or Green Bay or Minnesota struggle and make you guys a superior team in Chicago with that offense. And I think you can do that with that offense. Very young, very explosive offense. Put up a bunch of points. Obviously, in 2018, when you're ninth, you were 12 and four. So clearly, when your offense is good, it's going good. And on defensive side of the ball, I mean, Look at the talent you have on defense side of the ball. You got Jalen Johnson. You got Eddie Jackson. You got Cleo Mack. I mean, you got a lot of talent on that defense side of the ball. I'm not worried about the defense. As a GM, I'm fine with the defense. Roquan Smith. I mean, you got a really solid defense, middle of the pack defense. I'm very happy with that. As a GM, I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, I can work with that defense. What I can't work with is the offense. So that's why I'm focusing a lot on this offense right now. And I think. With a new wide receiver, a couple of new offensive linemen, and you know, obviously going to be a new play caller in Justin Fields. I don't see how you don't at least become a playoff team. That's a threat. That's a really good threat in Chicago. And I think if you're looking to rebuild, you just gradually build up that offensive line. You keep Allen Robinson. You add another weapon, and you guys in Chicago, your Bears fans, should be very happy with what you guys have with. At least my plan. Now, do I obviously think they're going to do that? No. I really don't think they're going to do what I did. But I think they should. And I really think, honestly, they should get rid of Ryan Pace. Because clearly Ryan Pace, 43 and 55 is unacceptable. You guys cannot be 43 and 55 and still have a job as a GM. A lot of teams, you would be gone by now. And even when you made the playoffs, you guys got el- the Bears got eliminated in the first round. That's not really acceptable play. As a GM, at least as, if I were a GM, that would not be acceptable. So like I said, fix the line, Chicago. Get a couple more playmakers. Keep Justin Fields healthy. In Chicago, you have a very bright future on that offense side of the ball. And defense, keep giving a little bit of youth. You got a lot of youth in that secondary. You got Roquan Smith and Mack, great players, and a young D-line. Keep that up, Chicago. And I think that's how you rebuild uh, the Bears team. And I think that's how you make them a contender. So, guys, I want to thank you so much for tuning into the G Show. I hope you agree with me in my assessment of the Bears and what you think 
um, my plan would work. I want to see if you guys would agree or disagree whether it would work or not. I totally believe it would, but I would be very curious to hear what you guys have to say. But anyway, it's been a very long time. I hope you guys will tune in, and I hope you will tell your friends and family about the G Show. And I will be making another Rebuilder series very soon. So anyway, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning into the G Show. I am your host, Garrett. And as always, I'll catch you next time.